Hey, I'm Jenna from Wordable, and you're listening to Marketing Routines, a podcast about the daily and weekly routines, tasks, and rituals that your favorite marketers are doing to bring them success every single day. Welcome to the Marketing Routines podcast. I'm Jenna Potter from Wordable, and today we have Blake Emmel on the podcast to talk about his daily habits and routines as a marketer. I'm really excited to chat to Blake and see what his daily life is like as a marketer because I've been seeing Blake everywhere and that's for good reason. He shares incredible insights on marketing, especially on Twitter, and lots of people, myself included, are following what he's up to and looking forward to seeing the tips that he shares. Blake's the CMO at Copy AI, which is exactly how it sounds. It's a tool that uses AI to write your marketing copy for you. They've been growing really fast and building everything in public so you can see for yourself how things are going. Blake's also building Float, which is a tool that helps you make online courses right from Notion. It hasn't been released yet, but you can join the waitlist now on float.so. So Blake clearly has a lot going on. He's consistently putting out top quality content on Twitter. He's the CMO of a very fast growing company, and he's building his own project all at the same time. I want to know exactly how he's doing it all from his morning routine to the daily and weekly work tasks that he does, his setup for working, and how he unwinds on the evenings and weekends. And with that, let's jump right into the podcast. Hey Blake, how's it going? It's going well, thank you, Jenna. It's, it's awesome to be here and uh, hopefully don't disappoint the audience with my routines today because uh, I'm still a little bit disorganized if I'm being honest. Well, it's good to have a mix of routines on the podcast because some people don't really like to have some things very structured. So it's good to hear that as well. Definitely. All right, so let's start with your mornings. What time does your alarm go off in the morning? And do you have a set morning routine that you follow? Yeah, so I don't use alarm clocks. I just wake up when my kids tell me it's time to wake up. So I have I have two kids and then another one on the way. So my morning routine is very much just tied up in making sure that that's all okay. It's not, not so much about me at this point. Uh, so when I know that the kids are up, which is usually like 6.30, uh, I'm up. That, that's when I'm up. It, it does, there's no alarm clock other than me hearing them rustling around in their rooms. Um, so that that's like my natural, the natural alarm clock, the rooster in our house is the kids. And then from there, I try to get up and out of bed as quickly as possible. It's easier said than done. Sometimes I am a little too comfortable and it takes a while to get out. But most of the time I'm able to just get right out of bed. And my morning routine is not super structured. I do have time for like, meditation, prayer type stuff. I do have time for, I walk the dog every morning or I try to, uh, that, that's one of those things like getting out of the house for 30 to 45 minutes to walk around the park with the dog is really helpful for me. And that's where a lot of my creative ideas come from is on that walk. So I'm usually listening to a podcast or an, an audiobook when I'm on those walks and I'll just have thoughts and they come to mind. And so I always have my phone there to take notes on things because that's one of those times where I really do get a lot of ideas. From there, when I get back, I'm not much of a breakfast person, weirdly. People think it's the most important meal of the day. I'm, I, I've never eaten breakfast, really. It's like, it's not my thing, but I just go straight to getting ready. And again, uh, I'm a big, like in the shower, I get tons of ideas as well. So I have a, a waterproof notepad and waterproof pencil in the shower. So I write down a ton of notes and like tweet ideas and all kinds of stuff there. That's another, I think the, the most often times that I'm creative is when I'm not trying to be. I think that's a big theme for me. So when I put myself in 
everyday places where I'm just driving in the car, walking the dog, that's where I'm most likely to actually come up with creative ideas instead of in a moment where I'm expected to be creative. It's less likely to happen in those moments for me. So I really use the mornings as just a chance to do things totally unrelated to my work so that I can actually start thinking about all kinds of creative ideas to bring into my work. And then from there, I'll just have all these random notes that I have to compile and organize when I sit down. I love that you use a waterproof notepad in the shower. I've never heard of that. That sounds amazing. <laughs> sounds like exactly what uh, what everyone needs because you get the best ideas in the shower. Yeah. Oh yeah. Every, every day. I like three, four, every day. All right. So it's time to sit down and get to work after your morning routine. Do you have any daily tasks that you check off every day? Um, and if you want to cover all of your bases here, like Twitter content, CMO of copy AI stuff and how you're building uh, flow as well. Yeah, so I, I actually, I don't do daily planning. I do weekly planning and then I break it out from there. And so the system that I'm using, I call focal points. And so every single week I'll have my focal points document open in Notion. And basically what this looks like is the first tab, I, I like to start with first principles and then get a little bit more complex and organized from there. So for me, I start with my goals. Usually it's four or five main goals that almost never change. Uh, most of it is geared around copy AI because that's my main gig. So yeah, I've, I've got Float, I've got Twitter and everything, but Twitter really promotes everything for me. So like it, it is very much a copy AI initiative. It's very much a Float initiative as well. And so that's, that's just part of my workday. It's not really a separate thing at this point. But with copy AI, that's definitely the main area. And so most of my goals in my focal points document are based around copy AI. Maybe one of them, one of those main goals will be about float, but that's very much more on the side, just hacking away whenever I have a moment. So that'll be, yeah, it'll be like four or five main goals. And from there, from the goals for that week, I break it down into the projects that need to happen to achieve a bit more of that goal for that week. So I'll usually have anywhere from 10 to 20 projects per week that I'm working on. Um, and then from there, I'll break it into tasks for every single day. So I'll take the projects that need to be completed that week or need to be worked on that week. And I'll actually say, okay, this is getting done Monday. This is getting done Wednesday. This is getting done Tuesday. And I'll actually break it up from there. And so that's how I plan it out. And then my days are kind of planned for me. Uh, a lot of it also is based around meetings. So I, you can imagine that I have a lot of meetings going on, whether it's copy AI, hiring, um, working on Float, which, you know, not, not a lot of meetings on Float, honestly, just working asynchronously on that with my co-founder. But um, and then podcast interviews like this, there's all kinds of stuff that, that comes up on the calendar. And so a lot of the day is based around who am I meeting with today and how much time do I have for deep work and things like that. So I do try to have a couple of hours of focused deep work every single day as well. But again, it, it really just stems from that weekly planning that I try to do either Sunday night or early Monday morning. And then the rest of the week should be planned from there and I shouldn't deviate too much from it. And do you have any systems or tools that you use like project management tools or calendar tools that you use to organize all of this? Yeah, it's a pretty boring system, honestly. I use Google Calendar, it's my calendar because all my team members are on there. And so it's just really easy to, to see. Uh, for booking stuff, I use SavvyCal. It's just like Calendly. It's, I, there's some features in there that I like a little bit more. And so I use that for external booking and when I'm doing outreach and things like that. Um, and then Notion for everything else. So with, in Copy AI, we use Notion for everything. We write all of our memos in there, all of our meeting notes, tasks, everything. And so 
My whole life is in Notion basically at this point for Float, for Copy AI, for even my Twitter stuff that I'm creating. I, I write a lot of the threads out in Notion. And that's the core system that I use because it has everything in there. There are definitely limitations, but the fact that I can embed pretty much anything is awesome and it works for me. Uh, admittedly, it's not the best note-taking app. It's definitely more, it, it's better on the organization side. So when you actually have your thoughts compiled, it's really good at taking those things and formatting them and putting them where they need to be and creating databases and all that. So that's how I use that. For note-taking, um, I use an app called Bear for writing and it's just really simple and syncs across all the devices. It's not anything crazy. It's just for really quick capture. And then I can capture all my thoughts at any given moment. And then I'll translate that into Notion if it's actually important. If not, I'll just let it kind of drift off. I won't do anything with it. So that's really the system that I use for everything. It's not crazy complicated. Um, I try to keep it to a minimum, even though I, I try everything out. So I, I try way too many softwares out. That's one of my <laughs> biggest like time sucks is trying out different software. But uh, I usually just end up sticking to a couple different things because for me, I know that the more I have to do, the less I'll actually do it. So like the more tools I have to use, the less I'll actually use them. If I only have one calendar app and I only have one notes app for everything, then I'll actually use it. And what about marketing tools? Are there any softwares that your team at Copy AI likes to use on a daily basis? Yeah, I use Ahrefs every day for SEO content, things like that. Um, that's That's been my go-to tool for like my whole career basically up until this point. So I, I really like Ahrefs. We use, we don't really use like traditional email marketing tool. We, we have customer.io, which is a little bit more technical um, than I haven't, hadn't used it before coming onto Copy AI. So that's the tool we use there. We're, again, we, we use Notion for like everything. So creating content, even we write blogs in there and, and everything. And then we use our own tool a ton. So I, I would be remiss if I didn't plug our own tool, Copy AI for, helping us write all kinds of different things for our own copy and for other people's copies. So uh, definitely use Copy AI multiple times every single day without fail. And Superhuman for email is what, what I use. I guess I can plug that one in there now. I'm not a huge email person, but I do use Superhuman and it helps me get through things a little bit faster. It's a bit pricey, so I, I can't recommend that to everybody, but it is, it's pretty nice. Uh, Honestly, right now we're at this stage with Copy AI where I just touch a lot of different things right now. And so I have way too many tools that I could bring up, but that are not really like my main goal, like video editing and podcast editing and all this stuff that's like, cool, it's nice, but it's not necessarily something that I need to be worrying about every single day, but we do have it. So I'm happy to dive into any of that stuff, but those are the, the main tools. Like, like I said, I just try to keep it as simple as possible. And you mentioned that you're not a big email person. How do you manage your inbox? Do you have like a structure when you check your emails and when you respond? Yeah, I try, I try to only be in there once a day. I fail at that, but um, I, I just really don't think mo very many important things come through email anymore. And uh, maybe they never did. <laughs> like with Slack, I know that when I get a Slack, it's probably gonna be useful and something I need to look at. And so I, I definitely treat that more like my email nowadays. But with email itself, maybe one out of every hundred messages in my email inbox is actually useful. And so I've, I've just kind of developed this way of skimming through it and 
identifying what's actually helpful. I try to actively unsubscribe from things that aren't bringing me anything at all. And ultimately, like, I'm just very much a get to inbox zero very quickly type of person. So if I haven't starred something that's very, very important down the road, I'm just going to command A and delete everything. That's like my go-to because honestly, there you'd be really surprised how few emails have any impact at all. Most of your emails are not important. You don't need to keep them or you can just archive them in a folder. So another thing that I've done is instead of just blatantly deleting them, I'll just create a folder called completed that'll keep them around forever so you can always search them. But I'll just move everything in there because most of the time, you're not really getting that many important messages from email. So maybe I'm in there once or twice a day. Um, every single week, I try to get to inbox zero by just moving everything over. And I'm, I'm usually pretty good at starring or favoriting things that are actually important, but it's very rare, honestly, that that happens. It's only around hiring or maybe a potential partnership or something that I really need to favor that stuff and keep it in my inbox. It's almost, that almost never happens that something has to stay there. It can almost always just go away. Right, and those are all really great points about email because I know a lot of people really struggle with drowning in their inbox. So you, you take a really good approach to it. And uh, my next question is about consuming content that other people have created. How does that fit into your schedule? And do you have any favorite books, podcasts, blogs, newsletters type of thing you want to give a shout out to? I, I don't consume a ton because I'm, I'm pretty busy just doing all kinds of other, other stuff. But Twitter is like the main place that I ever consume anything. Mailbrew is cool if, if people don't know about Mailbrew because you can put it into a feed for yourself, like you can put Twitter and Product Hunt and a bunch of other newsletters all together, basically in a newsletter itself that delivers a digest for you every day. And that's that's a good way to consume things so it's all in one place. And then when you're done consuming, you don't do it for the rest of the day. But even then, I, I don't always use that. Sometimes I don't consume anything. Sometimes I scroll through Twitter a little bit too much, but that's mainly the place that I look for when I'm consuming information because I've tried to curate my Twitter followers, the people that I follow, to people that really bring value to my timeline every single day and that I can expect good things out of. And so I'm trying to shape the content that I see and the thoughts that I get um, a little bit better through Twitter. And that, that's really where I go. In terms of blogs and podcasts, like I honestly, the only podcasts I listen to are sports podcasts because I don't want to do any more work than I'm already doing most of the time. I'm already listening to like all kinds of other stuff during the day to try to keep up with stuff. And outside of that, I just want to listen to nonsense sports or funny stuff that doesn't really have any consequence in my life because I don't get too much of that during the day. So that's really my go-to for podcasts and, and stuff like that. Videos, I really like watching productivity videos on YouTube lately. So I'm pe watching people like Ali Abdal and Thomas Frank and Sarah Dietschy and people like this talk about productivity and how they use their iPads and create shortcuts and stuff like that. Like I'm, I'm all into the automation workflow stuff right now. Um, outside of that, I'm not a huge blog reader and I'm not sure, I, I, I want to flip the question on you too if you actually watch or if you actually read blogs because I put out a tweet recently and was like, do people really read blogs anymore? Because I don't, but do you? I don't read blogs by going to a blog and reading what's what's new. I follow a lot of newsletters who curate content and whatever blogs they recommend is pretty much the only thing I'll read. Yeah, that's, that's kind of the same for me, but I probably even read, I read less than I probably should, but maybe I'll 
if I'm going to read something and like really read it, I'll probably dissect it too and actually take very active notes in my Notion doc and turn it into some kind of memo for my team. So it's usually, I'm only going to read a blog that is genuinely helping me with something that's a clear problem for me at Copy AI right now or at Float right now. And that's not very common that you find just, you know, pinpointed content like that. So yeah, not, not super huge into reading blogs, but if I were to give one, one recommendation, it would be Backlinko which is an SEO blog. I think that's the gold standard out there for SEO content. But other than that, I don't really follow any blogs. And what does your working setup look like? Um, and how do you keep distractions away? And are there any tools you like to use while you work? I don't keep distractions away at all. I am constantly distracted. <laughs> and my my setup right now is I have, I have a huge computer in front of me. So it's a 49 inch Samsung Odyssey. It's a very, very, very widescreen computer. It's really cool. Um, I, I like it a lot. I've got, I just use a MacBook Pro as the actual computer. That's the monitor. I have an Xbox in front of me, which does not help uh, with the distractions at all. I don't really play it, but um, it's there. And then I have a second monitor up here that I rarely use. Um, it, yeah, it's, so it's mainly just the one monitor that I use. I try to keep it as clean as possible because I clearly I've noticed a difference between when the whole office is clean and there's almost nothing on the desk, I'm way more productive versus right now it's kind of a mess and maybe I don't feel as productive. Uh, so yeah, it, there's really no process or rhyme or reason to it. It's just like I've got kids that are constantly knocking on the door and wanting to come in and say hi. And so I just embrace that. Like I'll be in meetings with people and the kids will just come in and that is what it is. That's, it's just going to happen. And I'm not going to apologize for it or anything. It's that's just my life and I'm going to be distracted and I'm cool with that. You know, it's, so I, I think over time, if you, if you would have said a few years ago that this is how I'm working right now, I would have told you that I'd be stressed out and that I would feel very distracted. But now that's just how it is. And I'm totally fine with it. I can take a break every hour or two and chill with the kids and then come back in here for you know, 45 minute work blitz such session and then go back out. And that's more where I'm at now. Whereas it used to be that I would try to work like nine to five and then just totally be focused during that time, but do nothing else outside of it. Now it's flipped to be more like, I'm just kind of always on creatively and I'm going to do four or five main focused sessions of work every day. And then whatever else happens, happens. Because for me, I just don't have the ability to have rigid structure in my life anymore. We're working from home, having kids, having all these different projects going on at the same time. Stuff's just gonna be different every day. So I've just embraced it. And what do your evenings and weekends look like then? Because you mentioned that you're pretty much always on creatively. Do you dabble into work in the evenings and weekends as well? So directly after work, it's total family time. I'm totally off at that point. But then when the kids go, go to bed, they go to bed early. So like 7, 7.30 at night. So after that, yeah, I'm, I'm back on. And like, I don't, I don't usually work and get in front of my computer and do stuff all the time, but I'll have my iPad there and I'll jot down notes and I'll think of stuff and maybe I'll write a Twitter thread or something. Like I, I definitely do that at night after the kids have gone to bed. The weekends, I'm really bad at weekends. I'm a very stressful weekender. Like I can't just sit and relax. I always have to be doing something. So I, I'm usually cleaning or doing more work or planning some activity. Like this weekend we went to the zoo 
that was that was really fun but i can't just be doing nothing that's not the type of person that i am so even though i've embraced like i'm gonna be distracted no day is the same gotta go with the flow going with the flow for me doesn't mean sitting on the couch ever it usually means doing something so whether that's doing you know fixing the lawn up or going to the zoo or working on float on the weekends or whatever it may be I'm always doing something and it's usually, like I said before, it's usually in the moments where I'm doing totally random things like mowing the lawn where I'll have good ideas. And so that, that actually kind of, that's why I'm like always on because even when I'm doing things like that, I'll have my phone there to take notes about what I could do for the next week or a cool product idea or whatever it is. And who do you think we should have on next on this podcast? Maybe someone that you want to see what their daily routine is like, or you know, they already have a good one. Yeah. Um, how many, how many people have you had on so far? We've had three people on so far. You're the fourth. And who else, who else has been on? Andy Crestedina, John Benini from Databox and Sam Shepler from Testimonial Hero. Awesome. Great. Okay. So Amanda Getz would be really cool. She's awesome. She is a mom and a founder and doing a million things at once. And I don't know how she does it. So she would be amazing. Um, Dave Gerhardt is always a good one. He's a, he's a CMO as well. So, you know, he, he would be probably a good one as well, but those, those would be two picks for me, I guess. Um, there are a lot of people out there just doing really, really cool stuff. And I, yeah, it's hard for me to just distill that into you know, a couple recommendations, but I guess, I guess there you go. Well, thank you. Thanks for being on this podcast. You gave lots of great insights and I'm sure a lot of people will appreciate hearing that. Um, even having not, not a strict routine is also good for your productivity and you shouldn't feel so stressed out about that. So yeah, thanks for, for giving us those insights. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me on. This is super fun. Thanks for listening to Marketing Routines. If content publishing is a part of your daily routine, or even if someone else on your team is handling it, Wordable makes exporting documents from Google Drive to your CMS so much faster and easier. You'll have your document formatted and published in one minute instead of the usual hour it would take you to optimize everything. You can try it out for yourself with your first three exports free at wordable.io.